Good evening and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again this week. Happy Camel Day to all of you out there. I know that for many of us here in the Midwest, we're experiencing a rejuvenation of sorts the last few days of warmer weather before it really begins to turn cold again. So we are going to say goodbye to summer after today and welcome in the colder, dreary days of fall and winter and Hopefully look forward to spring, but uh, in the meantime, uh, follow us on Facebook. Find us on, uh, I would say find us on Twitter. You can find us on X, I suppose. I'm not really posting any updates there, but I don't post at all on that on that platform. But you can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts from the audio format, including our YouTube channel. So check us out there. If I sound a little bit under the weather, it's because I am. I've been fighting off a cold, I think, for the last few days, so apologize if I don't sound the best, but I want to take you to, to something. I want to go back to the year was uh, 2013, the year of our Lord. Uh, it's about 10 years ago. I went on a retreat with what was uh, a ministry funded, uh, excuse me, a ministry at Olivet Nazarene University, and it was donor funded. And it gave prospecting, prospective students from, from ministry, like music ministry, youth or pastoral ministry, the ability to preach and then also lead worship at churches that were on the district that supported Olivet. And I was a preaching ambassador. I had done this for several, several trips at this point. I, I did about 30 in total over three years. And at the end of one of our retreats before school began, we were just doing some team building and, and stuff, working on our small groups. And our leader gave us this little gold coin and I'm sure it's not real gold, but on one side it says excellence, and the other side it said holiness. Uh, and what it was is that strive for holiness and practice excellence every day. Strive for holiness and practice excellence. And Nazarene Church being part of the holiness movement, the Wesleyan holiness movement, and of the free Methodist Wesleyan Nazarene, they get in that Wesleyan Arminian tradition of theology uh, the Nazarene Church, starting in 1908, really wanted to set itself apart, you know, as holiness does, and, and actually focus on holiness. And what does it mean to be a holy people? A, a people set apart and consecrated to God's purpose. And then the excellence. Well, what out of that? Well, out of that holiness, what does it mean that we do in every facet of our lives? Well, we practice excellence. So let me give you a little bit of uh, of flavor from what the Bible says about holiness. From Hebrews, strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Second Corinthians, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. First Peter chapter 2, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter 1, But as he called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. First Samuel chapter 2, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Romans 12, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
part of the commandments in Leviticus. You shall be holy to me, for I am the Lord and holy and have separated you from the people that you should be mine. Those are just a few verses scattered throughout the scriptures. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 says, You therefore must be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. In the words of Jesus, again, set apart, perfect. The idea of being consecrated. In excellence, Daniel 6 says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all their high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Philippians 4, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Colossians 3, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Titus chapter 2, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity. 2 Corinthians 8, but as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in, in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Philippians 1, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. 2 Peter his divine power has granted us to all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us in the precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Proverbs 22, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So, these are some things scattered again throughout Scripture. The idea of holiness and excellence, giving it your all, not allowing the sun to go down without our apathy, our slothfulness to take over. Because we're set apart, we therefore give our best. Kind of the idea of dressing up for church. We dress, that was the whole idea, right? We dress up for church because we want to look good for God. And even though that's not what we're going to be judged on in heaven someday, I think the idea of just trying to be respectable, trying to put your best foot forward, but not have it just be on Sunday mornings, but let it bleed through to the rest of your week and the rest of your life. Because God has called you to something. Maybe maybe you were going one way. Maybe you weren't a Christian, right? And then you, you have an encounter with Jesus that's changed your life. Now, whether he's called you out of the job that you're in he has transformed that into a vocation. Maybe he's given you a hobby that you enjoy, that you can please him. Maybe it's an art of volunteerism in a particular project. Maybe it's a career change, or maybe it's just taking a different attitude to the workplace and saying, I'm going to be a dependable worker. I'm going to give it my all each and every day because that is what is demanded of me when I give my life to Jesus. It's not an option. I don't have the luxury. It's my soul. My devotion to God compels me. I don't feel obligated, but it compels me. I, I want to be able to give my all for the sake of Jesus. This is what it means to live at, in, in action. This is what it means to live in action for God. Not all of us are going to find ourselves in the best of circumstances, of course. I would never want to be naive enough to think that, well, you just get over it. Because sometimes God is waiting on you, well, you're not waiting on God, but I mean, what if we just ask him? Is it maybe we think it's too little for him? Like, ah, God doesn't care. Ah, God, blah, blah, blah. Really? Is that the case? Or does God care? I am of the belief 
that God cares about everything. He wants to be involved in every facet of your life. And whether it's actually changing jobs, which happened to me, I was at a miserable dead-end job for two years, and I said, I couldn't do this anymore. I can't. And God intervened, and he gave me a completely different job. And now I'm also a pastor, so I have another, I have another job as well. Like, it's just one of those things, guys. Sometimes it's as simple as being, being willing to ask God for it and prepare to be grateful for either outcome, whether it's yes, no, or nothing. So practicing excellence, it's every day, whether that's making your family dinner, taking care of the chores around the house, everything, discipline, and excellence. Practice excellence, pursue holiness. Holiness is not a place of quote-unquote privilege. It doesn't mean that we're better. It doesn't mean that God's going to just reward us because we're just being him. What I do believe is that we'll have God's favor. And Oftentimes, God allows his favor to be shown upon us and to be revealed upon us here on earth. Not always, not in every situation. It's to God's glory. And the consequences of your hopefully excellent and holy behavior, you will see the fruit of that. But how other people treat you doesn't mean you're immune. No, no, no. Because remember who you're really starting to piss off if you start to live a life of holiness and excellence, Satan. Remember, if you're not being bothered by anything and it's just the consequences of life, but you're never getting spiritually attacked, you're never, I always wonder, are you a threat to Satan? Really? Satan's not going to waste his time. In fact, he loves the lukewarm people. He loves the unholy, quote-unquote, Christians. Now, I'm not saying that I am one of those people. I'm trying to be that way. It's something to strive for and to try to live a life of holiness. It's hard. Oh my gosh, it's hard. And so those who are trying to struggle and endure that certainly know it's nothing to boast about. Even if there was, we'd be boasting in Jesus who makes it possible anyway. So tonight, I want you to think about the two phrases, practice excellence and pursue holiness. Thank you so much. May God bless you. May God keep you.